2: Part of the show, text Bobby V on the UPS Jobs text line at 437-9680. You got to read those headlines. <laughs> like
3: all three of them were great.
4: Oh, the Onion is just too good about the Super Bowl. Um, again, we are apolitical, so calm down. Chief, the one this is not political. Chiefs walk six miles to game after bus driver f- refuses to pay one hundred twenty five dollars for stadium parking. <laughs> There's a picture of them. They photoshopped them walking <laughs> through the desert. Um, let's see. I uh, got some good ones here. This is Matt Damon stars in Super Bowl commercial promoting paper money. <laughs> He's just there holding a lot of cash bills. <laughs> that was good.
3: Uh, is it Travis Kelsey? Proposes. Oh,
4: that's good. Trav- let me find it. Uh, tra- Travis Kelsey gets down on one knee at midfield and proposes to Reba McIntyre. <laughs> Chiefs, I didn't see this one. This is sad but funny. <laughs> Chiefs pour vat of hot fryer grease over Andy Reid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh,
4: man. Let's see. What was the Biden one? Oh, yeah, that was funny. Again. Let me see. I got to scroll down. Am I getting out of sports now? To politics. Uh, uh, Biden gives Americans nuclear launch codes in case anything ever happens to him. <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh man. Let's see what else we got. This is sad but funny. Fans speculate whether Taylor Swift will make it to Super Bowl in time after boarding Buddy Holly's old plane. Oh God. Oh jeez. <laughs> That's harsh. Jeez. <laughs> Ohio begins executing random people and hoping they're criminals. Stark, <laughs> <It's> too. <dude. laughs> oh, my. That's funny. Oh, geez. Very funny. Mm. I, there was another one that was pretty funny that I, I was looking to find. I can't find it right now. <laughs> mom licking usher's abs on tv screen <laughs> oh man what'd
3: you think of the super bowl halftime show by the way
4: it's okay i mean he's not i'm not his demographic he's a very talented guy good lord um he's good it he was fine I didn't, you know, scale of one to ten. Where you put it? Well, that's not fair. I no, mean, no, 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 no. But I, I feel like that. That's from, all right. I'll give you. I'll give you two. My personal enjoyment six, uh, in terms of quality eight. Maybe even okay, nine, so. because I because if I was like, I don't really know his music. I don't really know his songs, but I've seen him. And, and I, you know, he did that unbelievable Dancing in the Rain videos. I know his that which was unbelievable. It was him, right? Yeah. He yeah. Was, yeah. And he's he's immensely talented. Um, and, 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 and the logistics of it amazed me. How the hell did he change clothes like that? I yeah. didn't understand how he did that. But uh, well, that one girl came out and was shredding on the guitar.
3: I didn't know who that was. That, like oh, no. I, uh, yeah, I didn't know who she was. But.
4: So it was good. It was it was fine. It was it was your mother. I love her to pieces. but Lovely Sometimes, she sometimes oh. she's she just. This is when I'm learned because this could have been a a, a Nate Bergazzi fight. Oh yeah, where he and his what fight he and his wife fought over the term, uh, one fell swoop. <laughs> Do you know that story? No, it's, it's fantastic. He he's I'll, I'll see if I can find it. It's not, nothing he does is profane, so you can play it, but. They said, this halftime show's coming up. And, I, and, uh, and you know, they, I said, okay. I was like, what's your halftime? Okay, here they go with their 25 analysts, and they all get one sentence. Right. You know, and that's, and, okay. And then, and then they said, okay, and coming up now, you know, coming up next will be the halftime show with Usher, and I don't know who the other acts were, but I think they only mentioned Usher. She said, they're going to show the whole halftime show? I said, yeah, they always televised the whole halftime show. She said, no, they don't. Is I mean, they have televised the entire halftime show probably for thirty years at least and maybe beyond that? Nineteen ninety three, I think, is when Michael Jackson did it and Pepsi started sponsoring it sh- shortly after that. They have televised the whole the entire show. Yeah, it's gonna no they, say. Have, no they haven't. It's not been that long. I didn't, I didn't see it a couple of, I said, well, just because you didn't see it didn't mean they didn't televise it. <laughs> I mean, what kind of logic is that? I never saw the Wright brothers, so I don't believe they did that. I mean, I mean it could have turned into a knockdown dragout, so I just let it go. But I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So I went online and looked, and as best I can tell, at least since 93, they've televised the whole thing. The whole thing. Every minute. Yeah, of it. I was gonna say. I think
3: they have too. I mean, every and, bloody second. I of know. It. Like, I'm trying to think. Like, I'm trying to. I give said, her I mean, an out. These
4: companies spend literally tens of millions of dollars for the halftime show, and it gets like 70 million viewers just the halftime show. I know. I didn't. I didn't do it. I'm telling you. I said, oh, Wow. I, 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 I'm trying to think. What do you do with somebody like that? I, I'm
3: trying to think. Is there something like? It, do they do? An extra, like an opening act, like you know, while they're doing no the, the analysis, <laughs> no, I know how don't, long it takes
0: I've to tried, set all
4: that up? I know I've tried to give her an out, no, but there's I, no out. She just didn't happen to see. I don't know. Who, give me some recent ones. It wasn't uh, uh, Silo Green? Didn't he do Cilo, one when he, Green? Uh, Silo Green? Silo uh, Green. I changed Silo his name. Silo Green.
3: Uh, That's his know. brother. Silo. I thought.
4: I thought he was. <laughs> This Didn't he do it? And I, and I know. I Wasn't know he it. part of like they had a bunch of halftime shows where they were like a million acts. They each right. each of them had like forty five well,
3: seconds. They were, they were four last night. Um, I don't five if you count. The guy who I thought was CeeLo Creed it was Jermaine Dupree. Yeah, no, was I was like, look at CeeLo. He's lost a bunch of weight. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, no, it's Jermaine Dupree, Nick. I was like, oh, crap. Like,
4: my bad. No. Well, uh, that's another thing. So like, I think he did, but I, I can't remember. I thought he did. But regardless, I, I mean, they've tell, and, and the bad thing is, you know what? The internet can tell you everything. I can't tell you that because bad of me because I can't just let it go. I just wanted to have a little thing and show her and just say here and then let it go because then it wouldn't be me just telling her she's lost her mind. But uh, I couldn't find it. There's a list of all the halftime shows. Everybody can find that. Right, right. But- uh, it doesn't. I, I tried to. I, I it asked. Doesn't it doesn't have like the surprise guests. No, no, not that. When is when did they start televising the entire halftime show? Because they did. They certainly didn't at the beginning. Up with people. They didn't do the whole show. I don't think. Maybe they did. I don't think so though. Then well, well it used to just be marching bands. And yes. Stuff. Yeah, but but it was marching bands, and then up with people, and then they had themes, and and uh, and and they had. Uh, um, they had, uh, D- Disney got involved. Disney got involved about the fourth or fifth halftime show. And, uh, from that point on, they started to have some celebrities, uh, here, here we go. Yeah. When did the halftime show
3: become a thing?
4: No, that's not going to help you.
3: Yeah. Just keep saying it was ever since the first Super Bowl in
4: 67. Yes. I mean, here, here I'm not going to read cause there's so many of them now, but, uh, the, the, the first one was the University of Arizona and Grambling State Marching Bands. How about this, by the way? You know what I learned today? I learned that even then, controversy surrounded. Forget about the wardrobe malfunction. Grambling State in 68, they were in both the first two years because their band is legendary. They, You got a smirk on your face. Oh, just because. <laughs> I'll tell the story later. <laughs> Arizona and Grambling State first year Grambling State the second year in 1968 was the year of tremendous racial unrest right and they and people gave them crap for performing that they should have made a protest as oh, know, really? historically black college they shouldn't have played in 67 68 or 68 they wow. did the first two years. So I mean even oh, then okay. you think how benign can it be? Yeah, you right. get a just a marching band, just right. a marching band. Um, then Florida A&M America Thanks in 1969 a Florida A&M University Band. So I mean listen, the NFL again, just being quite candid, reaching out to the African American communities to what degree, well you can say, well, you know, maybe shallow gestures, or, or said it was a great gesture, or something in between. But they had Grambling the first two years, Florida A&M the third year. Then 1970, the headline act was Carol Channing. <laughs> then 1971, they went back to bands, Florida A&M. Then 72, Salute to Louis Armstrong with Ella Fitzgerald, who's on my list. Of okay, 15. that's Five awesome. female singers. Carol Channing, again, she was such a hit, they brought her back. Al Hurt and the U.S. Marine Corps drill team. Nice. Which actually put the other four of them through drills. It was really disconcerting (laughs) to see Carol Channing trying to march. Get up, you maggot. (laughs) What the? Happiness is, in 73, with the University of Michigan marching band. A musical America, Texas marching band. Tribute to Duke Ellington in 75 with Mercer Ellington and Grambling State. There again. 1976, not surprising. 200 years and just a baby. The tribute to America's bicentennial. Then Disney got involved, or, or they were involved. Who
3: was in, the Up with People?
4: Yeah, they're something. yeah, they were they were in there. They should be in there. They were they were they were. Uh, Who are they? It's they're still around, I think. It was a uh, you know feel good youth, you know peace, love, harmony, sing, dance, do a maypole dance. So
3: are they like a band or is it just like no no, a, no like no, an organization?
4: It's a, uh, well that's that, that's a good question. Up with People is a nonprofit organization that uh, stages song and dance performances promoting themes such as multiculturalism, racial equality and positive thinking., a oh, bunch of libs. Yeah, so they don't want those bastards. Yeah. Um, anyway, so there's that. Okay, um, Let's move on to some other things. Um, oh, I'm supposed
3: to call uh, Sally here. No,
4: no, no, we can't. We, we may have to just uh, tell them we love them, but hold off, because we got a rhythm going here. We didn't even get to half the stuff we want to. Sorry, we'll see. How I can push him back to one forty or two something. Because we aren't even. We aren't even. I mean, we got too much stuff here. Um, Text. This is. What are you talking about? I'd like to hear that bit. Okay, let's see if we can find it real fast. It's not very long. Uh, this is Nate Nate Bergazzi talking about his wife and one fell swoop. Here we go. Hit it, Nate. One, eight plus. All right, so we
5: got into the fight over the phrase, one fell swoop, just over the same. And if you're, look, if you're a newlywed, you're like, well, that doesn't make sense. You're right. It doesn't. This is a double-digit married fight. This is when you've already done all the dish fighting or the putting your clothes away fighting. This is when they're trying to mentally break you. Uh, they got you almost how they want you, and this is the one that sends it over the edge. I, so my wife, she wanted to go visit her parents one weekend, and her, her parents are divorced, and which has been hardest on me, to be honest. That's something people don't talk about, you know? When you marry into divorce, I mean, they divorced because of her, not me, so why do I have to go to 50 different houses? <laughs> so... She wanted to go visit her parents, and she said, I want to do it in one fell swoop. Now, I've never heard my wife say the phrase one fell swoop. We've been together 20 years. She's never said it. And it felt like someone that day told her, hey, you should, you should start using one fell swoop more. <laughs> and she goes, I'm about to call my husband. It goes, perfect. Use it 40 to 50 times on him. <laughs> So she calls me and she goes, I want to go visit my parents and I want to do it in one fell swoop. And I go, All right, let's do it in one fell swoop. She goes, I want to do it in one fell swoop. I go, Let's do it in one fell swoop, you know? Let's swoop it up, I'm down. And she kept saying it, one fell swoop, one fell swoop. I mean, over and over again. And then when she went to describe this one fell swoop trip, she goes, She goes, We'll go to my mom's, come home, then go to my dad's. And so I just like waited and she didn't say anything and I just go, That's not what one fell swoop means. Instead of possibly just being wrong, she goes, I I know what one fell swoop means. I go, yeah, it doesn't sound like you do, all right? We have the same last name. I can't have you out there in a one fell swoop conversation. What do you think two birds, one stone mean? Let's just go through them all. I don't know if you know any of this. She hangs up on me. So I get home. And you know when you walk home and you've been in a fight and you're like, all right, how long is this fight? Is it happening still? Is it over? I don't know. I got to fill it out. You know, she never uses words like sorry. I'd, I'd love to hear that. <laughs> That's a word. She definitely doesn't know what it means. And I say it all the time. I walk around the house with just a sack of sorries, just handing them out all day. I try to give her something like, would you like to carry something? She's like, I don't have pockets, so I'm good. Uh, <laughs> We had talked talk that whole night. I mean, we're just sitting there. Our daughter's like, we're watching TV, d- eating. And I'm like, hey, you know your mom's crazy, right? And she's like, did you do your homework? Or you don't want to be dumb like your dad. And then your, da- your daughter's just like, are y'all the lunatics? Uh, so I'm laying on the couch. And my wife just came over and she kisses me goodnight. And then she went to bed. And that was it, you know? That was like, her, I felt like it was her sorry, I guess. But she didn't say it. And so I was like laid there and I'm just thinking about it. And you think about it a lot because you're like, all right. Because you learn the longer you get married, sometimes it's like, just let stuff go. You know, who cares? And the next morning I get up and I kind of still want to talk about it. Because we, we didn't talk all night, you know? So I went into her, I was like, look, uh, I got to tell you, I mean, it's just not what it means,
0: you
5: know? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> that, not what it means. That got it going real good. Uh, I felt so good about this argument you know I thought about it all night I was like you got this one in the bag man you should bring it back up I'm not trying to date her anymore I'd like to win a fight we're gonna die together (laughs) I almost woke her up in her sleep that's how much I was so excited I almost just started shaking her going it's not what it means Our marriage almost ended in one fell swoop. So.
4: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. So that's for the texter who wanted to hear that. But it's very funny. All right, we'll come back. Stay with us. We are going to talk UL men's basketball. We're going to talk about what poor uh, um, Jeff, Jeff Walls endured at the end of the game, which is wow. And then uh, if we have time, we'll get to some other things. The, the thing at the, the golf tournament I, I want to have a mention about also. Uh, so we got a whole bunch of stuff. So thanks for being with us on this Monday. A talkapalooza for the sports radio community. We'll come back and do more. ESPN 680
2: 105.7. More V-Show with Bob Valvano is now right here on ESPN 680 and 105.7.
4: Quick commercial, because I was not familiar with her, not my demographic, but I shouldn't say that, because she's everybody's demographic. The, the guitarist Nick was alluding to is, it's H-E-R, but it's pronounced, you say the word her, it's pronounced her, and um, she's 26 years old, and she all she's one award away from joining a group that only has 19 people in history, and that's an EGOT winner, which is an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. She's won the first three. She's won the EGO. She just needs a Tony. She's also an actress. She was in The Color Purple. She's 26 years old, and she's... She's quite, 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 quite talented. She's uh, stop by challenge. Yeah. You want to, how many? How many of the EGOT winners are there? Yeah. I have no, I wouldn't even get five of them. I'm sorry. I should have asked you. You might have gotten some. Uh, Mel Brooks is one. Okay. Well, he writes music. Okay. And he's certainly (laughs) Tony and Oscar. Makes sense. Um, I've heard of like half of these people. Sinatra on there? No, he's never been on Broadway. No. I don't know.
3: Uh, Richard Rogers Okay Helen Hayes All Right Rita Moreno I've heard of her Yep uh, John G- Gielglo- Gielgud Gilgood. Gilgood. He
4: was the If you ever saw the movie Arthur He played Arthur's Butler slash father The real Real erudite. Ir- okay John
3: Gielgud Yep um, I, uh, I've heard of Audrey Hepburn Oh sure uh, Marvin Hamlish Okay I've Heard of him uh, Jonathan Tunick Don't know that Mel Brooks yep. Heard of him Mike Nichols. Yep. Uh, I've heard of this person. Whoopi Goldberg. Sure.
4: Wow, she's on that list? Yeah. Wow.
3: Scott Rudin. Okay. Um, don't know that. Don't know that. Robert Lopez. Okay. Don't know that. Andrew Lloyd Webber. Heard, yep. heard of him. Sure. Tim Rice. Yep. Heard of him. He collaborated with Lloyd Webber a lot. Um, John Legend.
4: Wow, John Legend's yeah. on that list. heard of
3: him. him. Alan Menken. Don't know who that is. Okay. Uh, Jennifer Hudson. Heard of her. Sure. Uh, Viola Davis. Heard right. of her. And Elton John, heard of him.
4: 19, very good list. No, I wouldn't I would have had a long time thinking about I would have hurt my head thinking about that and not come up with any of those.
3: Uh, six additional artists have received all four awards, though one was bestowed for an honorary or similar non-competitive distinction. So, I guess like a lifetime achievement. Yes, I lifetime guess. achievement yeah, lifetime achievement award. So, Barbara Streisand. I was
4: going to guess her, actually.
3: Has no competitive Tony. Wise Minnelli has no competitive Grammy. Julie Andrews, uh, Harry Belafonte, James Earl Jones, Quincy Jones, and Frank Marshall have no competitive Oscar. Mm,
4: fair enough. There you go. All right, let's get to the women's game here. I got to tell you, you know, we could go keep going on the Super Bowl, and we have We'll get to U of L basketball, men's basketball, in a minute. But the game yesterday, for the, most of you by now know the story. It's late in the game, and they're at Syracuse, and and Louisville has a foul to give. And uh, Syracuse brings the ball in bounds, and they go to take their foul, which is a normal strategic play that almost everybody at least considers and more often than not uses. Um, and they commit the foul, and the the fact of the matter is uh, it was a foul. Nobody's objecting to that. And in point of fact, if you're going to be legitimately objective about the thing, it is a, It's a. It's an intentional foul. I mean, it is an intentional foul, and they call intentional foul, which gives Syracuse two free throws and the ball back. And so this, the, what what winds up being, uh, Louisville had a seventy-two. I mean, it's a ridiculous, ridiculous uh, situation. They they Louisville is ahead seventy-two seventy-one. And they have a foul to give, two seconds on the clock, and they foul. And so it sent by doing that instead of them just having to retake the ball in bounds, which is why you do it. Maybe you kill a second on the clock, you run a second down off the clock, or whatever it may be. They they uh, they send them to the free-throw line for two free-throws, and then they wind up getting the ball back on top of it. So it's not even like you can say, well, Louisville still had a chance to throw at the length of the court and score. They get nothing. They get two free-throws, and then the game ends, and Louisville loses 73-72, and Jeff coaches the way you should coach at the end of the game. You know, that you should be rewarded if you haven't fouled so much that you put the other team over the limit. That's one of the rewards. You can foul there. Everybody does it. Everybody incorporates that with two seconds to go. It's a brilliant strategy. And uh, the the fact of the matter is they, they, I mean, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable to have happen, and they get the game taken out of their hands.
3: This was Nick Curran's call of it. Um, And Nick, who um, we were talking about, Great play-by-play guy. He uh, he sent, when he sent the soundbite to me, he added the caveat. He's like, I'm sorry, I got a little
4: angry. No, this is the, thing, the, the, the there mean, are times that it's appropriate. This is appropriate.
1: Crowd to its feet. They're going to be looking for De'Age Affair. Whips it into Perkins out near midcourt. Jefferson gives her space. About a three-second difference between the shot clock and the game clock. Hands it to Affair out of the midcourt circle. Ricard's out on her. Good fowler. Dribbles to the right. Oh, lost it off her knee. Able to pick it up on the wing. Ricard's still with her. Slashes left into the paint, lost it, Ricard knocked it away, it's rolling free, Woolley runs it down to the left corner. He's out of control, left elbow, pulls a jumper short from where Ricard steps the rebound out to Perkins, And the paint, bounces left corner to Wilson, back to Perkins on the wing, skips it a fair on the right wing, two seconds left, and Cochran found Oh, they called an intentional foul! Oh, you gotta be kidding me! With 2.3 seconds left, they called an intentional foul. Oh! My goodness gracious! Jeff Walls cannot believe it. They called Cochran for an intentional foul. She was trying to use the foul to go, exactly, exactly. And she signaled intentional foul. Oh, that's a terrible call. It's so bad. That's such a bad call. It is so bad. They call. Oh, that's a terrible call
4: she should have said it's so bad one more time they'd had a three feet there he's gonna
1: get two free throws and Syracuse will get the ball with 2.3 seconds to go third foul on Cochran third team foul see this is where the issue is when refs make calls that can completely change the trajectory of the game or completely change the results of a game
4: yeah Here's the deal. I mean, I I'm perhaps I like, was confused the way, uh, confusing the way I expressed it. They were playing, and and Jeff didn't want to take a foul that early. They were defending. That makes sense. But you you tip your hat. I'm sure he told them. And if he didn't, then I tip my hat even more to Cochran for being aware. You're aware of the situation. But I'm sure in the last time out that he had them together. He said, "Hey, remember, we got a foul to give. You know, and you can use it." And but you're not going to do that with 33 seconds ago. It's not much to be gained by that. You're going to play, and so that made sense. So they're playing. Playing. They gave up. You can say, "Well, they should have got a rebound." There's a million things you can say, but that you know, no, that's part of the game. They get an offensive rebound, and then she has the good presence of mind to realize there's two seconds to go. Oh, I'm going to take a foul. I'm going to make them inbound it with two seconds. Now Syracuse could have run a last second play and thrown it in and maybe scored. But it's the the point I'm making. It's the right play. It's 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 a stroke of good. Uh, I always talk about the anatomy of the game. It's good awareness of what the situation is. She knows exactly what she's doing there. She's taking making a foul and they called it an intentional and here's i have to be honest with you i think it's it's i am always leery of uh what i call situational officiating it's hard enough to officiate and when you see guys that are well you know i uh, like i said it turns into the mafia well, i overlooked that because this one is for harry to nose this is for joey to toe this is for ability elbow you know you can't You can't referee that way. It's very hard. But you have to have an aware why it's hard, why it's difficult is you have to have an awareness of what the situation is and try and make a call that's fair, but not too punitive. What I mean by that is, let's say, for example, um, you know, the, the guy's got having a great game. He's got 30. Points and uh, the other, the other, the opposition drives to the basket and two guys go up to try and block the shot. And they, and it's obvious the guy gets hammered. He's fouled. A good official, no, and say the guy who's got the 30 points has four fouls. He's going to call a foul. On the other guy, they both fouled him, and you maybe could have made a case for either one. And it, actually, by rule, you're supposed to call it in the order in which they happened. So, like, if Nick fouled him and then uh, um, um, Nick Kern fouled, and Nick, Nick Valvano's foul was first, he should get called. But in that case, if they you know they both fouled them, and you know that that Nick Kern or whoever has. has Thirty points. And Nick Valvano in this case has thirty points. Even though he should get the call because he fouled first, you don't want to foul him out of the game for that. But you're not punishing the other team. The person got fouled; they're still going to get the two free throws. That is good situational awareness. So that I I have a sense of. You can't just say black and white. Rule says he fouled him first. He fouls. He's out. Okay. Well, it's the same thing here. It's no. You know, I'm, I'm wondering if maybe the rule, the phraseology, phraseology should be changed. Because it's it is an intentional foul. That was the intent to foul. It's the good strategy. You you have you know you have a foul to give, so you're fouling and you keep them from getting a shot off. That's not what the rule's put in place for. The rule was put in place to for two reasons. One, the NBA has the clear path rule. The guy's clearly going ahead of the field and he's gonna dunk it. You tackle him. Well that's that they call a clear path. They don't call it intentional foul, they call it a clear path rule. The other one is if um, you know, um, Nick is a 10% free throw shooter. I'm being facetious here, of course. and oh, not well, That's about accurate. Uh, and, and, um, and Marcus Mabin's a 90% free throw shooter. Marcus's team has the ball. My guy goes and tackles Nick. Who doesn't have the ball? He's all the way on the other side of the court. We just go tackle him. Okay. Well, the hackishack. Yeah, but the problem is that, when, you know, if you see, that it's obvious Nick's not involved in the play. It's obvious he's not making a cut to the basket. That is an intentional foul to, and to circumvent the rules. So you make it so we're going to deter you from wanting to do that. Nick is going to shoot the two free throws, but they're going to get the ball back. So there's nothing to begin. That's what that rule's in place for. Not this. This is a smart, strategic. She didn't have a clear path to the basket. They had foul to give, she reached out and grabbed her. That's exactly what it should be. So it, it is. It, it really needs a new phraseology. Texas says, you know, maybe you're not right, maybe you're not wrong here. They should create a new foul called the strategic foul. That's not bad. That yeah, was. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I mean, then, then, then you can do that. Save the intentional foul for flagrant foul. I agree with that. You know, and and part of it, and I don't know who the official is. So, but I will say this. I, I it's it, you don't have to have been a great player, but I really do think it helps if you were a, a good player, and that's the problem. Most good players don't want to become officials. They they I mean it's a thankless job, and it's not it, the money's bet way better now than it used to be. But years ago, they didn't want to get into this because it was. I mean, like if you go way back when players didn't make a lot of money, I'm amazed when I listen to all my old sports you know radio. How many ex major league players? Became umpires. They couldn't play anymore, and they wanted to stay in the game. They became umpires. I think that was a good thing. And I think, like, my, my, one of my favorite officials is a guy, unless you're a real old-school person here, you won't know the name. His name is Larry Lembo. He was a great player at, at Manhattan. Really, really good player. And he became an official. And he was a very good official. But I always thought he had a feel for the game that a player has that somebody who's just book-taught doesn't have. And this woman I don't know, maybe she was a player, but I find that hard to believe, because if she were, she would know that that's a... I, I'm going to use that term from now on, call her, thank texture, thank you. A strategic foul. That's what it was. It was a strategic foul. It was and not... Like you said, that should be something that you're rewarded
3: for Exactly. Hey, game well, game.
4: our team didn't go over the limit. We were. We, we knew the anatomy of the game. We knew what the situation was. She had the presence of mind. You call the foul. It goes on the sideline out of bounds. Syracuse still has a chance to win. they got two seconds to go. This woman just decided that she was going to play i and i gotta be honest letter of the law did she try and foul yeah of course she did that's the but that's that's part of the if you're going to make that an intentional foul, you're going to have like 30 intentional fouls a game i mean well, you
3: that's get, what jeff wall said uh in the post game
2: it's a god-awful call it's absolutely terrible officiating uh they should be embarrassed but but you know i'll get my fine i'm sure i'll get a letter of reprimand But at this point, somebody has to start holding the officials accountable. That call was the worst call I've seen in my 29 years of coaching. If we're going to start calling that, every foul at the end of a game when a team has to foul is intentional. Exactly. Every foul is. We all know it is. But to call it in a one point game with 2.5 seconds left, it's just, it's awful. It's atrocious. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for our league. And, but you'll never, we'll, we'll never hear anything about it because it's such a sacred society that we can't ever reprimand publicly an official, God forbid. But we'll reprimand coaches and players will be called out. But there's three, three people out there, God forbid, if we came out and we actually said a league made a statement that it was a blown call, bad call. We We won't do that.
4: Well, I'll go you one better, Jeff. Not only at the ends of games, coaches tell their players this, and it's a good play. Ball goes down to the low post. The guy's going to go up, and he's going to make a dunk or a layup. He's not a particularly good free throw shooter. As he's on his way up, you grab him across the arm. You don't punch him in the chest or hit him in the face or do something that could hurt him, but you prevent him from getting a dunk smart play i always use the term on the broadcast soccer players call have what they call professional fouls that's like when a guy is going to put the ball in a really strategic advantage position and they come in and they run into him from the back or they do something and, and as long as it's not egregious where he doesn't get a card sometimes they even will call him sometimes the players will take the card frankly but it's a strategic well, foul in hockey the there's said. Good penalties yeah, yeah there are well that's so that's what you know so it, but now if you're going to make all of those intentional Fouls. i mean you 're going to have you 're going to have twenty five intentional fouls a game ridiculous it's just and his point is well taken i don't, i i don 't have a problem protecting the referees to a degree. I have to tell you that my dad was a referee they have nobody in their corner i mean it 's different than you know if you if you criticize the national media comes out and criticizes your coach, depending on how you feel about them. You either defend him or maybe you'll join in the criticism. I don't know, but there's people for the, or the players. How can you say that about a player? How can you say that about the coach? Okay. But officials don't have anybody in their corner. And there's f-
3: no referee booster. Call. There,
4: there isn't. It's a very difficult thing to do. In fact, I'll never forget John Hirschbeck, who I don't think referee umpires anymore. I don't think he does. Um, and he I did a fundraiser for him. He he had a son who was born both sons with a very rare form of some sort of a disease that there's very little research for. And so uh he was trying to get some money starting to raise the money for the research and, I, and I'm not condone, condoning the fact they don't give much money to this but it's such a rare disease I mean I hate to say it but if there's money to go to research it generally goes to diseases that affect a lot of people this is a very and even, he even acknowledged that but he said it still doesn't mean we shouldn't try and do something it was so sad by the time I'd started to do this he'd already lost one son to it and by now I'm sure the other one I'm sorry to be so crass but I'm sure the other one has passed but anyway mm-hmm. that's beside the point the point was When the umpires um, got – and I was really struck by this. They got very lippy, for lack of a better word, with the players. I was amazed at the things they were telling the players. I mean, my father was old school, and, you know, you didn't say so much as, what the hell was that to a referee? And he certainly didn't answer, why don't you go F yourself. But the umpires – I mean, I'm telling you, they were letting it rip with the players. And I said, John, what the hell is that all about? He said, I'll tell you what that's about. If you remember when the umpires were, did, they went on strike and were, you know, the, the umpires were trying to fight for their, for, for kind of a whole bunch of things uh, in working conditions and the like, he said, We found out very quickly we had nobody in our corner. We got nobody. Major League Baseball did nothing to back us up we are and this was their response to it it might have been exaggerated but it was their way of announcing look you ain't looking out for us Well, we're looking out for ourselves then and i'll never forget this is going to be a quite a drop off from major league baseball to the kentucky high school hockey association but when i when i worked as the commissioner in that league for two years or three years whatever it was i was struck by the first games i went to The parents were out of their minds, and the coaches were out of their minds. Literally, the first game I went to, the coach threw all the water bottles on the ice. The goalie took his stick and threw it in the crowd. Threw A goalie stick and killed somebody with that. And I was like, well, we're putting a stop to this. And we threatened to throw kids out of the league, and the parents went nuts on me. And I didn't really give a rat's ass because I know right from wrong, and that's wrong. You can't behave like that. And one of the referees said to me, I said, why don't you guys call penalties? They were letting all this stuff go. They said, because nobody will back us up. I say, well, those days are over, pal. So then they started to call the games the way they were supposed to be called because somebody would back them up. So that's a long-winded way of saying the officials have to know somebody does have their back. Having said that, take a breath, sorbet, cleanse the palate, separate thought. Nobody's implying that, that they're perfect. And, yes, uh, you, you you have to come out and at least address something like this because it is. It's embarrassing. I mean, there's there's – incorrectly, in my opinion, because women's basketball has evolved so dramatically. But there's so much people who want to denigrate it. And they're going to look at this, people who don't pay any attention to women's basketball and say, see, that's the bull Bush League stuff they got. That's perfect that they got a referee. You don't even know that at the end of the game, you're going to want a foul. So, um, I mean, I don't know who the woman is, but I'll say this. Uh, I can't imagine she was a player. Maybe she was, but how could she not know that that's just a strategic foul? What What in the world is going through your mind? So and, and such a big game. Such a big game. I mean, two nationally ranked teams comes down. Louisville at 15. Syracuse at 23. And that's a, a that would have been a big road win. And it's a, it's a lot on the line
3: there. And it gets completely ripped out of yeah. there.
4: And, and it's just uh, terrible, really.
3: I mean, there's times I feel like you can complain and say that you didn't get a good whistle. But but then the coach, you know, a lot of the times coaches will be like, yeah, okay, but we we lost because of X, Y, and Z. We didn't rebound. We didn't defend well. We didn't make good half, you know, halftime adjustments. Something along those lines. Did we get a bad whistle? Right. Sure. But it was. But then every now and again, there's a moment like this where, I mean, the game is decided, and and,
4: and it's amplified because it's liter quite literally the last
3: play of the game. I mean, right? So. Right? Had this happened. Yeah, exactly. But that that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. the, the, there's times when truly it gets. The the ending gets defined by a call.
4: Such and a was, shame because it was, was the wrong a, call. Such a, uh, a very competitive game. So there's not not much more you can add to it other than Jeff's a thousand percent right. And um, it's really. Do
3: you uh, agree that there needs to be? Because that's been something that whenever whenever there's a bad call. And it, it, there, there's always the the groundswell of how come there's no accountability for the officials. Now I do know because we went to that uh, that that like TED Talk essentially at the S- NSMA um, where the officials came in and they talked about how well you know we do have to have some accountability. We have to have like a minimum of like a 95 percentile of like proper calls. Yes. I mean there there are incredibly high standards. Yes. for these guys, but. People still want that pound of flesh. And well, you- it's not
4: even a pound of flesh as much as it is, like I said. Um, go back to the—what is it about Syracuse? It's Louisville going to, to uh, Syracuse, yeah, really. evidently, that causes all these problems. Um, you know, I don't see how—like in the NCAA tournament, they designate one official, one a reporter. He represents all the reporters, and he's allowed to go in and talk to the officials. And uh, uh, I don't know, maybe it's impractical. These guys are independent contractors. They, you know, they don't, they, uh, you know, like we went to the game, the game I just did in Cincinnati, I had uh, um, uh, Xavier and Creighton. And as I pulled in, all three officials are coming in a car. They're all, you know, they all came in together and I knew two of them. So I said a lot of them introduced myself to the other one and uh, Mike, Cousins, my partner said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, I like saying." that. I said, "Why do you like saying that?" That they're friends. He said, "No, because it makes sense to me." I said, "Why does it make sense to you?" He said, "Because every penny that they pay comes out of their own pocket. They don't get to turn receipts in." They are independent contractors. Here's your game fee. You get your ass to the game, and you pay for your hotel, and you arrange your own. Uh, I imagine they get their flights covered, but everything else, I mean, the incidental expenses, they're coming out of their pockets, so they save money on a rental car, probably. I imagine they get some sort of a per diem, and then so, well, rather than all three of us get cars, let's get one. And So, my point is... um, you can make a case they're doing too many games. Like, I mean, these guys can go. Like, I was half joking that I said, I said to them, I'm going back to Louisville. I think I'll make it in time to see the uh, Louisville and uh, Georgia Tech game. I said, I'm surprised you're not refing it. I mean, because, you know, they could have done yeah, that right, game, jumped the corner driven there. But, I mean, that we, you know, when you do radio or TV for the network, unlike when it's a local broadcast, you don't have that one hour post game show. So the minute the game ends, you're out the door. So I was uh, uh, walking out the door and. John Gaffney was out there already. He was one of the three referees. He already showered, changed. He was walking out with us. So my point is, they make decent money now. Could you ask one of them, or I guess maybe if they're traveling together, they'd all have to stay behind, to spend 15 minutes and answer a handful of questions? I mean, I think you could come up with some criteria, like you can't question every judgment. That's ridiculous. That's like in Major League Baseball. The manager is supposed to be immediately ejected if he comes out of the dugout to, uh, to argue balls and strikes you know that's that makes sense uh because that my god it would be ridiculous in the course of a game but could you so you could you say well i don't want to ask your judgment but like could you ask why did you see it was goaltending there what did you see did you think it hit the backboard do you think it was on the way down what made you what what um um condition of it being goaltending did you see that's a legitimate question to ask you know that's, that's fair yeah so i mean you know those kinds but, of I things but i
3: mean then then it's they're basically still putting themselves out there because yeah well they will because, because they, then if they're like well i i saw the you know i thought the ball was was on its way down and fine. there's a million different replays okay well that's the that way it goes
4: and then you hopefully have a reporter who's smart enough not to try and turn it into a fight you know you blind bastard of course it wasn't no i mean okay that we got the answer to that that's fine you know that's, uh, I mean, some is just ridiculous. You can't ask like, why'd you call a foul on that shot? Well, why do you think I called a foul? Because I thought he hit him on the arm. But that's a little different than this because there's no debate that the ball was blocked. What condition did it meet that made it goaltending? Yeah, those, that's what I mean. Those are the kinds of things I think you could ask. Well, I mean, like, how would you
3: how would you handle the post game with? With the U of L women's game, would you be like, why did you designate that an intentional foul? I because think, by
4: the letter of the law, it is an intentional well, foul. Well, no, well, but, like that, you can't say that because then that's her answer. Then she has nothing to say. Well, because. Right. No, I know, but I'm saying, say like, how would, you, how would you phrase that? Because. I would have asked, were you aware that they had a foul to give and that there was less than three seconds to go and they were using it as a strategic foul? And then the referee has every right to say, "I really didn't care about any of that. I just thought it was an intentional foul." And that's Did you
3: play it. before? Have you played?
4: <laughs> you see, I wouldn't get into that either, but I'm sure you can find out. Everything's on. Yeah,
3: that. right, right, right.
4: So um, that's that's what I mean. I think you could ask, and I know the thing that I think people are are going to have to come to terms with. Two things. We'll do U of L men's basketball on the other side. Is um, one, it's not going to make you feel any better. It's, it's like when you, somebody, right. somebody hurts you and you broke up with them and you're trying to find out things and you think somehow you'll learn something it makes you feel better. You're not going to feel any better. Cause, if anything, it might piss you off more. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly. Because, you know, if the guy says, I thought it was on the way down, you go, how can he say that? I saw 5,000 – they're not going to make you feel any better. And the fact that, like the NBA, to their credit, you know, they have that website where they go back and, and um, they list all the calls there's a website did you know that i did not know yeah that. They, they list all the calls and like well this should have been but this should have been a block and it was called a charge and this should have been and i'm like you're kind of undermining your own refs i mean you know i, I it's you, you want to have transparency and you want to do what what You want to make it so you're hearing your fans who are saying, hey, make the refs accountable. But every single time you go through and something is, I think it's in the last two minutes they do it. I haven't gone to the website, to be honest with you. But they go through like calls. I don't think it's for the whole game. I think it's for the last two minutes, five minutes. I'm not sure. But there's a part of me that's like, how are these guys supposed to have any? That's why, you know, replay, it makes you wonder about that. NFL f- officials, I think, are terrified to call anything. Yeah. Because they know that they're going to be scrutinized. I think they do an incredible job, given the reality of it. I yeah. mean, we're, just like the NCAA is coming to a time of reckoning, so is officiating and how technology impacts it. Like, I saw a video of, this is exactly how it should work. There's a pitcher, there's a left-hand batter up. He has three balls on him. And the pitch comes in, and it really does look wide to the plate. And the umpire goes strike, and the batter taps the top of his helmet. That's the signal to the umpire that he wants a review. Right. The umpire turns, points to the booth. He has a headphone, something in his ear, earpiece or something. And within three seconds, he heard the tone and he changes his call. Ball, and the guy goes to first. I was like, wow, that is how technology should work. That is perfect. That's. The, I mean, that's the tennis. Philosophy. I mean, they, you know, they have the, oh, the, the ball the little, line, and, yeah. and they made it fun. The whole crowd goes oh, oh, then it's out. Yeah, I
3: mean, uh, but, I, I, but I don't want to completely eliminate the human element from well, it. That's that's the part where I, I, because I, I do think as much as you hate having games decided by a, by a human error, which you know this was a judgment error. Um, th- there's just some sort of organic thing to how, you know, a ref or an umpire calls something, you know, depending on the strike zone. Do they have a higher strike zone, a lower strike zone? How do you adapt to that? Um, Are they, are they letting you play a little bit? Are they calling a tighter game? I don't know. Like you don't, you don't want them to make the game about them, obviously, but I just, I feel like there's an organic human element
4: that I don't want to see completely, erased from sports. No, you can't. You're not going to. There's too much. There's always going I understand what you're saying, and that's part of it. I mean, I'm, I'm how old, however old I am, I don't want to get into. But, I mean, I remember when I am, let's see, I can do the math in my head, maybe 12. The New York Giants. I had, I had the rough task of growing up. It was unbelievable. From the suckiest era of New York professional sports to a magical two-year run. Wow. Rangers suck. Knicks suck. Knicks, Mets always sucked. Yankees sucked. Uh, Giants sucked. Jets sucked. All sucked. Everybody sucked all the time. I mean, I, I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> there were six teams in the NHL. More often than that, the Rangers wouldn't make the playoffs. It means they didn't even finish in the top four. <laughs> Knicks, there were, there were like 10 teams in the NBA, like four in each conference, qualified for the playoffs. They never got in either. I mean, I think Wow, that like, is some all-time bad. Mets lost 120 games their first year, didn't have a winning season until they won the pennant and the World, Champ- World Series. Miracle Mets. Yeah. And then the Yankees, dynasty, 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 dynasty. Hey, Bob's old enough to know what's going on. Suck! (laughs) Yankee Stadium's falling apart. They got nobody there. Okay, so why bring that up? Because now here, finally, the the Giants get Fran Targenton, who's an all-time great um, quarterback. quarterback. I will never forget this game. I'm, I'm talking about human error. They have to win at St. Louis the St. Louis Cardinals were in the league at that time. And if they win, I think they get in. I think they were nine and four and if they won they would have been ten and four. A lot fewer teams make ten the playoffs than so what?
3: It's a ten four good
4: buddy. Yeah, so I think they would have gotten in. They throw a pass to the it's late in the game. It's a last, a last minute drive. You know, and they're down, I don't know, four or whatever, and they throw a pass in the end zone. I think it's fourth down for that matter. And the guy catches it. No debate about the catch. And you see the referee, and he's signaling, out of the end zone, out of the end zone. And we're all looking and going, what the hell? They had painted, I, I think this is the reason they don't do this anymore. They had painted in the end zone, you know, th- all the end zones are decorated. Right. There was a giant rectangle inside of the rectangle for the actual end zone. Oh, that's. He's Ooh. outside the rectangle, but. He's, he's in the end zone by a good two and a half, three feet. Right. But his foot is outside that rectangle. And the referee thought that was, in. His, yeah, yeah. as he's watching it, and the excitement that's going on and everything, he's oh, and he's waving, he's out of the end zone. And, of course, it's called off, and there's no completion. And the Giants lose, and they miss the playoffs. Because, oh, my God. Now, that's about as human error as you can get, but it's obvious why. There was another one. You know why the goalposts are so big now? Right. Because I can't, you can go find it. You'll see the video of it. It's in the mid '60s. There is a um, I don't even know is in the game. I could find it though. The old goalposts were, you know, right. The 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 the, the, the uh, uprights they were H's. You know, they were just old fashioned H's. Right. There was no single bar. It, yeah. was, it was an H, and and then the, the two uprights, I don't know, went maybe four feet in the air. Right. And the guy kicks the field goal. And I forget who it was for. It might have been against the Packers. It might have been the Browns. I'm not sure. I could find it during the commercial break. And the ball is... Higher than the... It's clearly outside the upright. Right. But the officials are standing under it. And it. the guy, that's his job. And he calls it Good and it was way it was way higher than the upright right right exactly so he had a judge but they you know even back then NFL films they had that end zone camera and they took the upright and they put dotted lines up in the film to show where it would have been and the ball is clearly it's not even close right but that was so then they said well we got to change that we got to and that's when they started elevating the the making them so yellow way the hell up there and it was white you're right that's yeah. also yellow and it's way up in the air and so there you go so uh anyway for what it's worth i gotta see if i can find. I'd like to show you that because it's really wild that that was the catalyst for the and that that's what always happens basically is we try something and then we find the stuff that works and we keep it and the stuff that doesn't we modify it or we bounce it and that's what you're going to go through with technology now i think and uh, but I, I don't know, and that's maybe what comes into play with the accountability for referees. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm very happy for uh, Virginia because I like Tony Bennett so much, and I feel bad because he lives in Louisville. I don't want to mention his name because it's going to look like I'm really singling him out. But I'm I was dumbfounded, and I was amazed that people were somehow like saying it was okay. Do you remember in the in the national championship game when the kid was in the backcourt and he dribbled it, oh, and stopped yeah. his dribble and started yeah. dribbling again? Oh God, yeah. And they let it go and it was right in front of yeah. our guy.
3: Yeah. No, that was that, that was, uh, was uh,
4: almost unbelievable. <laughs> So, but anyway, that's part. You know what, though? You were absolutely right. It's a reminder. If you don't want humans involved, then go watch Robot Wars or whatever the hell that thing is. Right. Because there's people involved and there's going to be, uh, you know, people are not infallible. So there's that. U of L basketball, our discussion about that coming up next. ESPN 680 1057.
0: Taking care of your family isn't always easy. So we make sure getting care when you need it is. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the
1: experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling.
0: Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment?